Well, hey, welcome back to Walking Points, and uh, this is episode 12. Dale, Tedder, how are you? I'm doing great. 12? It's fantastic. That's a good number. That is. There's something religious sounding about it. Yeah, it's a very a whole number, and um, we're excited to actually to have done 12 of these, and um, thank you so much for your comments and your feedbacks that you've given to us about the podcast. We're always trying to, we're learning as we go as we do this, and it's been fun. We've had fun. We have. The learning curve has been high (laughs) since neither one of us have ever done this before. But uh, we're getting the hang of it. Once we learned how to hit record, we were. It was <laughs> yeah, downhill from there. We probably ought to have a bloopers version of this. Um, I think people would enjoy that on the greatest hits album. And um, again, welcome back, and so glad you are here. If you are looking and listening to uh, this through the DaleTedder.com site, um, welcome. And also. Remember, there are some great resources that Dale has put up that uh, complement some of the material that we go over. And um, this week, we were reflecting on the Sermon on the Mount and some of the rich uh, scripture and the, the message and messages and the sub-messages that come out of Matthew 5 and following. And uh, we thought today we would sort of talk about how that um, has provoked us to think about a lot of things and how we think about the worldview. Is that right, Dale? Yeah, I think, you know, I think you and I could have probably camped out for another six months just on the whole salt and light uh, scripture there in Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And then comments we've we've heard from folks and then just our own thinking. And we mentioned that, you know, this is very much a work in progress and the learning curve is high. And we want to, we want to have podcasts that people want to listen to and that they, you know, are... I guess they get fed by, you know, I mean, that they go there and learn something um, inspired by, encouraged by, whatever the right word is. And so Ian and I were just sort of thinking, you know, I was thinking we could call this, you know, brainstorming for the kingdom or brainstorming for the podcast of just trying to think of some ideas. But we just felt like the salt and light scripture that we've talked about the last two weeks, I mean, that's just fertile ground. And the, the tagline for this podcast is helping folks follow Christ in every sphere of life. So right. the, the follow, the discipling, the discipleship, going along with the walking points, you know, kind of that title there. I just thought, you know, there, the Sermon on the Mount kind of just goes in every different direction, and then, of course, Salt and Light goes in every direction. And we just thought, you know, there might be some topics we need to tackle and help folks think about, from a Christian perspective, um, you know, we were laughing earlier saying, you know, we're not endorsing candidates and, and things like that, but is there a way to think Christianly about government? Um, what would that look like? What would, you know, how do you go about doing that? That's just, you know, that's just one example. And um, so because Scripture covers all of life, um, we thought it would be responsible for us to do that. And it might, if we kind of worked on a rotation or something like that of ideas that we have, it might you know, encourage folks to want to, hey, listen, I'd like to listen to more of that. I hadn't thought about that before, you know, because sometimes our own opinions go into overdrive, especially things we're passionate about, like politics and things like that. Right. So you help me think about that a lot. Um, you have for years in that the term every sphere of life. And sometimes, whether we know it or not, we can sort of silo things, can't we? Yeah. We can sort of, uh, this is what I do for work or these are my hobbies and and also this is my spiritual life and 
um, I'm able to talk about it, or I'm, I just don't talk to people much about that. It's more private. Um, I think you've provoked me to think like there is nothing that is outside the sphere of what God has an opinion about, right? That's right. Well, yeah, if Jesus Christ has been given all authority on heaven and earth, as Matthew uh, 28 says, and you know, then Philippians 2, God has given him the name above all names, that Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, he is Lord of everything. There's no area about which he's unconcerned. And so we need to have our categories filtered through his lordship and through his kingdom instead of just saying, well, this is my opinion, and I don't care what the Bible says about it. You know, I don't think people go, well, Christians don't go around saying that. And the other thing I want to just, while I'm thinking about it real quickly, I, I hope no one comes from this and says, you know, they're suggesting there is only one Christian position on this. That's really not the point. You know, if you really love Jesus, you'll vote for this candidate, or if you really love Jesus, you'll spend your money this way. That's not what we're saying. But we are saying we want you to start thinking Christianly. That's a great point. About that. Otherwise, um, you, you have to ask yourself, is Christ really my Lord? Right. So the end game is, you know, uh, I mean, it's great if you maybe uh, listen to anything that we share or an opinion, but it's just that, an opinion. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, what we're really provoking is the process by which any person goes through. Right. Have, really, have we really consulted, God, how do you see this? And have we done that with everything, right? right. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, I'll just speak for myself. I can be impulsive and rash, and um, my mouth can start going before I've really engaged my mind. I, mean, I never do that. No. <laughs> it is unique to me. And um, so... Just kidding. If it's you know if it's like that for me, then I know it's like that for other folks as well. I mean, for all of us, and you know, we all have sort of our pet projects or pet ideas that we're passionate about, right? And we respond kind of in a visceral way, you know. And oh, we just have to be careful with that. So we need to. What does it look like to filter things, you know, in a Christian way? Um, how can we bring the Bible in to help us think about things that um, that we experience every day? And here, you know, we've been sort of camping out with just how, you know, with the, gosh, we hadn't even got out of chapter 5 yet of the Sermon on the Mount. But I just thought if we start approaching things topically and still connecting it to Scripture, obviously, but I, I thought maybe I would work a little harder on this and get some, real-life examples and illustrations that I'm finding and some of the things that I'm reading. And, you know, just sort of sharing that as a, a launching-off point, mm-hmm. you know, that um, whatever the topic may be. And, and then, all right, you and I can kind of start going to, going to work on that. Okay, now how could we approach that in a way that's, that's um, biblically faithful and uh, represents not just biblical faithfulness, but the way the church has understood that, you know, and I, again, there's not one way the church has understood everything, especially cultural things. You know, we could say that doctrinally. We could right. be much more emphatic on that. But when we talk about, gosh, everything from the arts and entertainment and media and culture and government and pol- I mean, those things lend themselves to being much more... Um, we have to be careful as we navigate those things. So we're not, A, on the one side, just saying this is the Christian response and you don't love Jesus if you don't agree with me. On, on the other hand, saying the Bible has nothing to say about it. Right. And so I'm not going to even worry about what Scripture says. No, I think there's 
healthier ways and more faithful ways to approach that those subjects. And I think that's what we're aiming towards is a healthy place where we may not see eye to eye about a particular issue, but the important thing is have we really consulted and allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us that's right. to this place? And at the church at its best is a good place where we can have that dialogue, love one another, and um, maybe arrive at a different place after that conversation. But we ourselves have gone through the process of, well, here's what Scripture, as I read it, and this is where the Holy Spirit is leading me. Those are great conversations to have, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Around the turn of the 20th century, um, the church really started abdicating her role in shepherding the culture, or at least being the conscience of the culture, and communicating influence, you know, for the kingdom. And the church kind of began this retreatism, you know, I guess that's my word, you know, where they sort of, re- we're going to just go off into, you know, the woods someplace and build a church and get away from the world because the world's sinful and bad and we don't want to be influenced by the world. Kind of not thinking that, well, you're taking your heart with you, mm-hmm. so sin is going along with you. You're not getting away from anything. Right. But, um, and then... I don't know if it the 50s and 60s, there became a social gospel, and that is where you know theological liberalism said that um, you know here's what you ought to believe if you're a Christian, and then we had the moral majority come along and kind of a response to that, saying no, 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 here's the, well that's not what we're trying to do here. We are trying to say we do have a responsibility um, as Christians. We are part of culture. We are in the culture. You know, it's like we. It would be no good for a fish to protest that they're not influenced by water. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're in the water. It's all around them. It's their habitat. Well, we live in this culture, and uh, you know, we we've all heard. You know, we are in the world. We're just not supposed to be what of the world, right? right. So, um, what does that look like in a meaningful way? I mean, it looks good on the back of a you know bumper sticker on a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great slogan, but what does that really mean? And I thought, you know, if we could help folks who listen to this process and, and have that biblical or Christian filter by which, you know, all right, what does that mean? Jesus is my Lord. He's Lord over every sphere of life. Um, I want to be faithful and extend his kingdom in all the different areas of my life, uh, from how I use my checkbook, if anyone even uses checkbooks anymore, to, uh, you know, how I vote in the voting booth, to what I engage, you know, as far as watching television or the internet or whatever it may be and lord we can't cover everything we probably would like to but if we can just even have a model of what would that look like i think that would be profitable and healthy Uh, i know you know i will be blessed just having to think about it a little more intentionally in my own life right and getting back to the sermon on the mount jesus is is basically laying out this template isn't it yeah he's he's saying who we are like the salt and light by the way, this is not what you go do. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. And everything is impacted by your identity as that. And um, so I think it would be good to really help people understand and own the process by which they uh, believe that they're, it's a very fluid process, that they are living out life and it affects how they raise their children, um, uh, interact with siblings, their parents. Uh, how they do work, how they consume things. Uh, there's nothing outside, again, of that sphere. That's a, right. that's a great 
overarching word that really points to something that all of life, um, it, one, is given by God, and God right. then has opinion and, and a way for us to live out our lives. And yeah. so the idea of having a standard is not something restricting, but actually leads to this uh, a very joy-filled kind of life because you know you're connected to God's perspective on things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think, and I love the examples you gave, family, work. Um, you know, I'm not going to mention, you know, what my yard looks like. <laughs> you know, but, but he, I mean, just all the different areas of life. And one of the things that Ian and I thought would be a good idea, so if you're listening to this, you're listening to it on my website, and you know, each podcast shows up sort of like a blog post, and below it, if you scroll down, you'll see comments. And if you have ideas for things you'd like to hear about, um, you know, I, I said kiddingly, but I am serious. You know, we're not, we're not going to be endorsing candidates and things like that. But if um, you had something that you'd like to hear more about, maybe you've been wrestling with something, you know, um, everything from the education of your children to how do I faithfully live as a Christian in the workplace, um, spend my money, whatever. I mean, things we've been talking about. But just be a, be creative. You know, what are some things that you would like to some help with on how to filter this uh, from a, a Christian worldview, you know, from a Christian uh, lens? And um, because, you know, as we think, our thinking informs our living. So we want to think Christianly about this so that our living will be that way. And I think that's, again, back to the Sermon on the Mount, that's why Jesus starts off with the Beatitudes. Here's who you are. You're a new creature in Christ. Therefore, here is your character. Therefore, you are salt and light. You will be the light that the world so desperately needs. You will be the salt that the world so desperately needs. You don't have a choice. That's who you are. And so we want to do that well because uh, none of us are batting a 1,000 by any stretch of the imagination. And so um, leave a comment. and um, Or if you, see, you want to you know, see one of us at church or something, if you live here in Jacksonville, grab us and, uh, and ask us more about that because we'd you know, like your input. Well, I think there's a couple of things that jump out to me personally. For example, um, I, I think it's good to always look at and review and— um, revisit the idea of this process. You know, what process have we really committed to uh, so that on a regular basis, I believe I'm in pretty constant contact with the one who guides me in my decision making. Like, how do we, what influences our thought? Do I spend more time watching the news uh, crawl on CNN or ESPN or any media outlet versus what God has to say, and if we have to confess, it's like we consume a lot of media that impacts how we think. Right, and it, it may be to escape just watching, you know, our favorite TV series, you know, end to end to end, or maybe we're watching uh, or listening to these great podcasts, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you know, whatever it is, are we doing something intentionally that influences our thinking? And then, are we really being intentional with like? Wow, I wonder what God has to say about our role as citizens and voting or my role as a father. What does that look like? And, you know, 
have we intentionally gone through that and pursued it? Because there is good to be had from understanding the process. And then two, also, when we go through it, what we learn, not just from what Scripture has to say and what the Holy Spirit is teaching us, but talking about it together. Um, good things happen, right? Yeah, no, I, you know, I was thinking when you were saying that, which fantastic points, you know, it, you just really describe discipleship. You know, a disciple is a student of or a learner of who then follows, you know, the teacher. Yeah, that's a good point. And, um, you know, Plato and Aristotle and Socrates had disciples. Well, so does Jesus Christ. Uh, There's a significant difference between (laughs) Jesus and the former. And, uh, you know, he's God in the flesh and Lord of heaven and earth. So I think it behooves us to tune in. What does he say about this? Um and since he's God, and Scripture is God's word, well then, Jesus has something to say from Genesis to Revelation. So this isn't just the red letters of the Gospels. You know, I, I appreciate the spirit of that sentiment, but it, it bothers me because it, it doesn't take it far enough. You know, it reduces, reduces it to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and an occasional red word here in Corinthians. and The funny yeah, thing about that is that I don't think Jesus would say, hey, uh, make sure you put my words in red. Okay? Right. <laughs> right. I want it to stand out. <laughs> yeah. No, and, I mean, just follow it through. It, you know, it's all God's word. Jesus is God. It's all the word of Jesus. Right. And, yes, it's it's fuller. It's a new covenant. We understand all that. You know, we, we can do that theology. But, so, all that's to say is that Jesus has something to say on everything. Right. Um, now, that doesn't mean Jesus tells you how to change the oil in your car, but he gives you principles for how to do it, you know, um, excellently, I suppose you could say, or mm-hmm. to the glory of God, where you're doing it honestly. Or, you know, I mean, you can re- you can take things like that, and what are the principles that I would need? Right. So I'm not saying, again, that if you do what we're talking about, that you're going to know... You know, you're going to be able to fill in every jot and tittle in your life with those details. But I think you will get a worldview or an eternal perspective that will guide you in thinking more faithfully in those areas. And therefore, as you were pointing out, therefore, living more faithfully in those areas. And it really leads to a more fulfilled life. Not that we are, uh, by our discipline, because that's always faulty at best, but it's really about God's faithfulness. He loves to show us as his children. It's a relational thing. It's right. not an ideology. And so the stronger our relationship is as he shares like, well, Dale, Ian, I'm so glad you asked. Let me let me share this with you. So it builds the relationship by which we have a more fulfilled life. It's not uh, that we've got an angle on everything or a thought right. on every um, sphere of life. Right. It's that we understand the relational connection that God the Father provides yeah. over every sphere. Oh, that's just that's a great point um, because it may be that what you learn is how I'm supposed to respond mm-hmm. to this um, you know um, inwardly spiritually right. you know I, I don't know I, I don't know what I can't think biblically about that per se I mean I'm, I'm trying to but it may be something I just can't get a good handle on but I still know how I'm supposed to respond as a godly man right um, and so I think that's a really important point. So we want your we want your thoughts and your comments. Um, I came up with five very very broad topics, and then we'll try to pull specifics out of these. But we'd love your input. Uh, I came up with, for example, 
I put this down first only because we're smack dab in the middle of you know the election season. So I thought you know government and politics, um, and that won't be you know forever, but that's that's one uh, culture, and that's huge. I mean, so again, I, I did that intentionally. Uh, the spiritual life, because we want to make sure if Jesus mentioned the Beatitudes first. Um, well, really, in all the Sermon on the Mount deals with that. But I mean, we need to make sure we're grounded, that we know who we are, our identity is firm in Christ. The things you've been talking about, Ian. Um, discipleship, leadership, shepherding. We had a staff meeting on Tuesday. It was really fruitful for me and really got my juices flowing about what it means. You know, let's think more about discipleship and leadership um, and shepherding. And then um, uh, apologetics, which not everybody listening to this may know what that is, but that's sort of um, defending the Christian faith in a world hostile to the faith. Um not going out with a sword or anything, but being able to give an answer to people when they ask you about what you believe, or you know, you seem to have hope in the midst of a really bad situation. Why? How can you do that? And we're supposed to be able to give a reason for that and talk about Christ with them. And just this is a huge subject, but what does it mean to have a Christian worldview? Um, to see all of life through a Christian lens, you know. And we can't unpack all this now; we don't have time. But th- so those are very five really, really broad, general topics. We would love for you to interact with us so we can help you can help us narrow those down so that we can uh, provide you know podcasts that are helpful to you as you want to, you know as you think about it these things as a Christian. Right. So we're not live, so this is a version of really interacting um, all together. So we have this ongoing conversation if you're living, listening to this podcast. And so it's easy to go to daletedder.com. And in the comments section, you can literally put your thoughts and ideas as always. But um, we're going to react to some of those comments that we have on the site and um, really press into those areas as you uh, give us some feedback about um, what Dale just said and or about anything that we talked about. So we look forward to that. And uh, again, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to how this conversation really prompts us to press into God having this opinion. By the way, he has great opinions to share with us because he loves us so much. And the more we press into that, good things happen. So, Dale, I hope you have a great week. You too. And everybody, we look forward to hearing from you all.